0: Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. And every single day you can tune into this podcast. We do it five days a week. And we are going to cover, you know, whatever is important to the big blue nation. Uh, and that's, you know, whatever's important to them is important to us, and we're going to cover it on this show. My name is Jay Kyle Mann of the Dime Drop, and I'm here with
1: Kyle Tucker of the Athletic.
0: Yes. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, let's see, we're going to be talking about some of the recognition that Kentucky football got, specifically in the lines. And then we're going to talk uh, some really, really interesting recruiting developments uh, that blew my mind. And uh, then we're going to try a new segment, a little special segment that is going to be a surprise at the end. Kyle, how you doing?
1: Good, man. Uh, maybe not as good as I don't know. I don't know if John Calipari is doing good or doing bad at the end of today. He's probably still traveling, but uh, I'm doing pretty good. John Calipari and his staff hit the road today for the open recruiting period, and they have been super busy.
0: Well, they visited someone specifically, I mean, <laughs> a pretty important player in this upcoming senior class. Uh, let's, I mean, there, there's been developments up today. I mean, a lot of this stuff is kind of developed today. Am I right about that? I'm pretty sure. Well, I didn't yeah, know about
1: it. Yeah. In some ways, at least sort of the, the revelation of how serious things are. And, and you know, the guy you're talking about, the very first player that John Calipari and one of his assistants went to see today and in, in the open, uh, recruiting period was Cade Cunningham. I went to Florida to see him at Montverde. Uh, if that seems surprising to you, it's probably surprising to a lot of people because that's a guy whose recruitment has been written off for a couple months now since Oklahoma State hired Cade Cunningham's brother. He's arguably the best player, certainly one of the two best players in the class of 2020. Combo guard, probably going to play a lot of point guard in college at 6'6". You've heard a lot about him on this podcast because he's really good and because Kyle uh, for the Dime Drop did a huge breakdown video just this past week. Um, on Cade's game, uh, and he's – I mean, he's elite. If you talk about the guys that Kentucky hasn't been getting these last few years, he would qualify. And I think they were in a great spot for him until Oklahoma State hired his brother. And it, Back everybody, in like July, right? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. June, June maybe. Everyone has assumed since then that it was Oklahoma State. He just visited Oklahoma State I think last weekend with some other top level guys. This past weekend he did, yeah, yeah. yeah. So days ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Florida, Washington, North Carolina, and Kentucky all visited him today on the first day of the period. And Roy Williams went in. And the, the fact that Calipari went and went first says something. Uh, ben Roberts has a story up at the Herald-Leader that's um, a, a kind of a good analysis of it. He talks to Evan Daniels. Uh, who I've messaged with a little bit as well. But he's, he quotes Evan Nails basically saying, Calipari is too smart to waste his time going there if he didn't think there was a legitimate chance he could get him. And Evan's been the one guy saying publicly, you know, what he's, what Cade Cunningham is telling schools is like, I'm not wasting your time. Like, I, I'm not a lock to go to Oklahoma State, even though my brother has a job there, primarily because I, they think that, you know, they're going to, that's how they're going to get him. It would be a stunner. It just doesn't happen that way. Like when yeah. when when a school hires your brother or your dad or your handler or whatever, you go there. Um, although Kentucky has pulled this off before.
0: It's Shabaka lands at U of L. Uh, they the U hired Shabaka lands to get Marcus Teague, and uh, Cal swung um, that well, one. But that I too.
1: Think, yeah. but, I mean, this in this current class, Tyrese Maxey's dad got a job at, he was a long time high school coach and SMU hired him. Hmm. Uh, of course, that's a situation where it's like Tyrese clearly ascended beyond playing at SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma state though, it's in the big 12. It's, you know, New that's coach. not like totally outlandish that a guy like Cade would go there to play with his, you know, to uh, play under his brother or, you know, with his brother, there, kind of the bi- close to home. He's from Texas, in at least the in the 12. region. Yeah. yeah. Um, you would still think this is pretty much locked up. So I think the fact that, he, that Cal went there and brought, with, with one of the assistants today is pretty eyebrow-raising, you know, like and, and Roy Williams did as well. I would say Kentucky and North Carolina feel like they have a shot, and maybe some of these other schools do too. Um, and from every, everything I understand, like, that might actually be true. Like, the kid just might not want to go to Oklahoma State. um it would be a stunner and i would say quite frankly whichever one of those if he goes to kentucky or north carolina with everything else they'll have that really elevates them in terms of national title contender status and at kentucky in particular it would i mean i don't even want to go too far down the road with it because it still seems outlandish to me but it would be ridiculous because they're probably i would say almost certainly getting terrence clark on saturday he's making his announcement He's in the 20 number 3 in the 2021 class who we expect almost, to be a
0: top 5 player.
1: Yeah, almost certainly reclassifying to 2020 and would and I asked Evan Daniels tonight and he said yes, he would be a top 5 player if he moves into the next class. So that would break Kentucky's streak, but so Cade, Cade Cunningham's even another level from that. They already have BJ Boston, a top 10 player committed on the wing to have a to have BJ Boston, Terrence Clark and Cade Cunningham in the backcourt together would there would be nobody in the country that can hang with that in terms of just pure talent not to mention cameron fletcher i mean it would be crazy
0: yeah it would uh it it would be a situation where i I do think that if he comes he would be i I was kind of just just trying to figure this out off the top of my head i you could tell me if you agree with this i think that if he came he would be among the highest uh, hoops IQ guys that Cal would have had at Kentucky and the the list that I came up with, some of these might surprise you actually um, the list I came up with was Tyler Uless, uh, Anthony Davis I actually think had a really high basketball IQ Carl yep. Anthony Towns DeMarcus Cousins actually uh, and then the fifth one take a guess who you think it is, it's somebody that I don't think people would guess, this is who I think the five high high hoops IQ guys that Cal has had
1: uh I think like I think the common person would say Brandon Knight cuz he was known to be so smart. I'm thinking f- I'm thinking Fox or Murray?
0: No, actually it's Jared Vanderbilt is who I had. I he oh, actually I think yeah. is in the top 5. Just my opinion, you know. Yeah, I not think-
1: get to see enough, but yeah, I think you're right. He's he he could play all over the floor and you've got a ha- you've got to be really really sharp to do that it's not just oh you have the athletic tools to do that yeah you can't be a six nine guy that can pass as well as him unless you have just a, a really innate feel for the game so and just I, a good I, athlete does, uh, too
0: yeah 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 and uh, but kade but Cade, yeah vanderbilt was a freaking adonis uh kade Cade is, is like a guy that like we've talked about, If you, I think you need to put shooters around him. I think because that's something I kind of talk about in the video is that his shot creation is not quite there yet. And Cal hasn't had, he really hasn't totally given the keys. Uh, there's only been a few times. He, he let Uless run a lot of pick and roll. He let Shea run a lot of pick and roll, but that was like a wrinkle. Kentucky just like struggled to score in 2017. So he would just like, you know Shay running the uh, running the high ball screen primarily trying to score uh and Cade Cade is much more of a water all the plants type guy like he's he definitely spreads it around um and and is he needs to improve as a shooter and a scorer so i think that if you didn't have shooters around him um that there would definitely be a lower ceiling like it, if let's say like Johnny Juzang hangs around that'd be a great guy to pair with Cade Cunningham if we get a if we get a third year Emmanuel Quickly like we were talking about that would be a great guy to pair with him uh, but you definitely need knockdown shooters in my opinion he let Brandon Knight too that's another one uh, that 2011 team was pretty
1: balanced yeah the uh i don't remember what i was going to say now about that
0: <laughs> oh, kinda of,
1: you talk about Cunningham as a scorer. You. He kinda he kinda went out to play, to prove he could score in the EYBL, and I think he ended up averaging like twenty-seven a game, I think I think this season. So he was a good right? Yeah. yeah, but that had not been a, a thing he'd shown a lot of. Uh a couple of quick notes before we get out of this segment. Um about this first uh day of the open recruiting period. Cal and Kenny Payne were scheduled to do an in-home visit with Lance Ware, uh who's the, probably the most likely guy on the list other than Terrence Clark to to commit to Kentucky. They're in great, great shape with him. He's number 32 overall. He'd be the first big man in the class, 6'9", power forward. They have a lot of connections there. He's Camden, New Jersey guy, uh, just the same way as um, –
0: Dewan Wagner.
1: Dewan Wagner and, and all those guys. Arthur um, yeah. Uh, Cal met with Terrence Clark on Monday. That decision is looming again. I expect them to get him and for him to reclassify uh, to really elevate this recruiting class and put them in position to have a monster class. I believe Joel Justice visited Isaiah Todd today. That's a really big and interesting one. He's the big guy that's sort of the X factor for are they going to have a loaded front court. I think they'll get uh i think they'll get lance Ware. i think they'll get isaiah jackson the other six nine guy five-star kid who visited just visited uk but can they get isaiah todd who's the best of all those available options top 12-ish
0: todd's all- todd's more guy. of a face-up guy i would say that they definitely need to get get like a vertical spacer if if they like i'm getting way ahead of myself but if they got if they got Cade, a guy that's that savvy is like a three level pick and roll guy you'd want to put like a vertical like a like a lob catcher like even like a guy like Marcus Lee if he were playing with Cade in college would would just eat all the time cuz he's such a good you know lob thrower like uh, i'd encourage people to go watch Cade play with Greg Brown who's another big time athlete uh, really really pogo stick guy um, but yeah
1: yeah so that th- those are some of the highlights from day 1 i think it's going to be a busy week uh, for Cal and company, but, and could, they could have some great, great news by the end of the weekend. So. So we, we've all of our football talk to this point has been sort of the, uh, what does Kentucky do now that Terry Wilson's out for the season and and you know what do they what can they expect out of the new starting quarterback who was uh, not even on the roster in May um, sure. and, and was at Troy um, But one of the things we did kind of touch on it and that was this this is one of the better situations that a guy could come into in this sort of emergency break glass in case of emergency mm-hmm. quarterback situation. In the history of Kentucky football, certainly the modern history, where all the pieces around him were this solid. Now, if they had Benny Snell, it would, I think they'd feel even better. But, you know, a totally proven running back. But I think they have to feel good about their running backs. We talk about smoke. Uh, when are you going to break out your audio? You tweeted out your video today.
0: <laughs> I'll put it in right here.
1: I'm doing all right. Let me see. I got my Vautier here. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I hope, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that and I hope you'll I hope you'll go to Kyle's uh Twitter feed and see the video the the image he made of Mark Stoops as I the spent, ladies man.
0: I specialize in doing in creating things that don't deserve to exist. That's that's one of my I like I like putting a lot of effort and <laughs> production
1: effort <laughs> wasting your into day.
0: just idiotic – That took me about a uh 30 minutes. That took me about 30. That
1: minutes. was on, I would say easily worth 30 minutes of your day and i, I hope, think uh, so it, it, it's worth it of course like, worth, worth the 90 seconds of our listeners time to go find it on your feed mark <laughs> stoops with an afro as the ladies man saying,
0: as, yeah uh, the t- eh? tim meadows um, from snl that's getting to be an older reference to be honest
1: i know i'm not sure i'm not sure the podcast savvy youth who are listening to us know that but you should find it and understand it i think right. it's going to become a thing with uh smoke i want them to Um,
0: play it in the stadium whenever smoke scores that'd be incredible
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes that'd be actually that'd be pretty great but they probably won't do that given it being an alcohol brand but and um,
0: yeah probably not anyway
1: yeah but they got to feel good about their running backs they have a they have a a wide receiver they can throw it to and he'll get them turn a a two-yard pass into a 40-yard gain and then bow and they you know we know about wagner and and the tight ends and those big targets that are pretty reliable. But to me, the reason you can say like there's a there's a real safety net for this new quarterback is the offensive line, and that's fairly well validated when uh, pro Football Focus, which does crazy cool stuff uh, now with college football, where they do film analysis basically and grade players all through college football. They must have an enormous staff now to do it, but I don't know um, how they
0: do it. It's the time that goes into that. They must be using some kind of football equivalent of like synergy or something that just they have to cuts yeah. it into plays because you just it just try, take it from somebody who has tried to master getting through tape fast. It it's is, hard. There's no way around it unless you have something like synergy.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Um, so they do they do their all you know national team and they do all their their uh, league wide teams of the week um three of Kentucky's offensive linemen made their first team all uh, first team SEC team of the week for pro football focus for their grades uh right guard Luke Fortner left guard Logan Stenberg left tackle Landon Young sounds pretty good three of your five but the other two <laughs> made the second team so yeah. all the entire offensive line was first or second team basically all SEC for the week um that's really good. I mean, obviously, you take into account competition, but that's really good. Yeah. Um, and Florida you know, actually
0: had uh, a couple guys on defense, though, just to kind of preview. Well, we don't have to like, fully preview, but just – uh, They did have the one guy, Jabari Zaniga, who has been just an absolute terror. Uh, well, um, yeah, and that's yeah. –
1: that's the reason this is important, like for yeah. this specific game. Florida leads the nation after two weeks in sacks with fifteen and their second in tackles for loss with twenty-six. A lot of that is owed to Miami's terrible offensive line in the opening game and them playing a kind of a nobody in week two. But nonetheless, they, they'll get after the quarterback. So, you know, to me it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal if you're in this this sort of dire quarterback situation that you have a really, really good offensive line, and Kentucky does. Um, Fortner had the, according to the Pro Football Focus post on this, Fortner had the, uh, the highest run blocking grade in the SEC. Stenberg had the second highest run blocking grade of all SEC uh, guards and, and gave up zero penalties or pressures or sacks in 34 pa- pass blocking snaps. Uh, and then... Uh, Landon Young had the second-highest pass-blocking pass grade uh, in the SEC. I mean, so, this, is,
0: this has been the difference. This really the, – the, the work in the trenches has been the difference. Like, you know, your eyes are going to get attracted to the skill position players, which – you know, I, I feel like Stoops is yet to have like a dominant quarterback in his era, but, you know, the, I feel like it's an underrated thing, you know, that needs it's, – it's cool to see them get recognition like this from a site that is uh, very – it's people that know what they're talking about, really well-respected site. So.
1: And, yeah, and the flip side, I mean, when you talk about the lines, Quentin Bohanna, the defensive tackle, was on the first team for defense uh, in the SEC. Uh, and they, they noted that he, he didn't like pile up stats, but they called him dominant, uh, in the pass rush, just winning battle after battle. And then another defensive lineman, Calvin Taylor was on the second team. So, you know, they play a, a, a three, four. So, so two of their three starting defensive linemen are basically all sec for the week and all five (laughs) offensive linemen. And then linebacker Deandre square was on the second team as well. Um, you went up front, and they have so dramatically upgraded uh, the in the trenches. It, it, it gives them a chance. It's and that alone; those two things: their offensive and defensive lines, and their pretty weak schedule. Alone, those three things alone give them, I think, a chance to still win seven or eight games. You know, we're kind of almost regardless of who's playing quarterback.
0: Yeah. I mean if you want to turn your frown upside down that's definitely something. And you want to and and also I guess if you're trying to be optimistic you're leaning in a little bit to the to the idea especially going into the Florida game um that you know hopefully <laughs> hopefully Florida doesn't come in here and just sort of it, it gives you it gives you optimism that they're not going to just come in here and run uh, UK's offensive line over basically is what I'm trying to say. So, uh That would
1: be and, a surprise. I mean as good as the Florida's defense is that would be a surprise if Kentucky just got unless it's the quarterback's fault you know holds on to it long, too long or gets it's True freaked out but I, I i think that that front 5 is going to hold up reasonably well which i don't i mean i don't know when the last time you could think that like hey florida's got the number one they they rank number one in the country in sacks is kentucky should kentucky like like curl up in fear and you go no they're fine that i, I don't know the last time i thought that i mean the last couple of years sure but
0: tentatively we feel like they're fine we'll see I mean it's uh they've played well so far and uh let's it's gonna be I can't wait to watch that game (laughs) I'm pretty excited because it's just interesting that Florida yeah they they historically have just kind of had that reputation and uh it's interesting that the numbers are kind of backing it up right now to this point early by the way (laughs)
1: throw throw one more thing in about football before we go uh Jonathan Greenard Greenard I don't know how you say his name uh, who's a grad transfer from the University of Louisville, uh, now plays for Florida. He's a senior linebacker, uh, already has two, and a half, uh, two tackles for loss and a sack and a half for, for Florida. Um, in 2017, somebody asked him when he was at Louisville, like, was there anybody that stood out on Kentucky's offense? And he was basically like, nah, none of them. And he, <laughs> he quote tweeted himself today, the video of that, saying like basically still true. Oh <laughs> so, well, uh, what what yeah. is it
0: that the UK team the the captains have been saying? Come and find out, or whatever it is. Or, uh, come, come find out, or
1: oh, what is it? Lynn Bowden had the the line. He was him and Cash Daniel staring everybody down. It's uh, a talking
0: group, man. This is a yeah. talking group of I dudes. I mean, there'll
1: be there will be some jaws uh, flapping. I would imagine Saturday before, during, and after the game. Um what did he say? Hold on, I got now I'm pretty just, sure well, it was
0: like come and find come find out. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Come find out. But uh kind of reminds me of Ramsey Bolton from uh, Game of Thrones, come and see. And then what he says in that letter to her. You yes, watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, come see <laughs> come see about it. <laughs> come see about it. Come see about it. All of Lynn Bowden's like he's like retweeting all his friends that are like tweeting out like <sighs> n- no cap. Lynn Bowden yeah. the goat, no cap, come see about it. So oh you got uh you got <laughs> you got Cash Daniel just like dub Cash Daniel one day, a few years ago, woke up and thought that he was actually Stone Cold Steve Austin and he's never uh he's never shaken loose of that dream. I think he walks <laughs> around I think he's, he walks around he's sort of- all day, every day, believing that he there's a camera crew following him around, and he's doing a a bit in the WWE. He sort of
0: he sort of is like Jim Carrey when he was in the movie Man on the Moon. You remember how he went just yeah. all the way into the Andy <laughs> Kaufman yes. character? That's kind of like Cash Daniel. He just sort of he, he lost himself.
1: Of, he lost himself yeah. in, in the in the pro wrestling character, and, and yeah. I don't know that it, I don't know that he'll ever come out of it. He'll finish playing football, and he'll just walk directly down. Uh, down a tunnel of an arena and into a into the squared circle. Yeah, to begin his sure. wrestling career.
0: All right, let's uh, let's take another break and then we're gonna we're gonna try out a new segment. Ooh. Time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that little, uh, you can kind of, I've had this idea for a while. I've had this idea for a while. All right. I I think I pitched this to you a while back and it's all totally based around the name, which is tuck Everblasting. And in this segment, we're going to, I, we won't do it. You will do it whenever there's a worthy, uh, there's a worthy victim or just a worthy subject, <laughs> a, a worthy victim. person.
1: A person is probably right here
0: I'll, I'll let kyle i'll let kyle sort of pick the people as they go i'm not gonna i'm not gonna goad him anymore but in this segment kyle is going to basically just uh blast somebody he's gonna blast somebody and kyle who do you want to blast
1: I oh this is a so. two this is too easy it's almost not fair it's like a two-foot putt bobby petrino was back in arkansas uh in Little Rock today and it's just a disgrace uh the the, I mean I don't I'm not even having to try to like I'm not I'm not going cash Daniel here trying to get myself in in character like it was outrageous from the second I saw it the the Little Rock Touchdown Club invited him back it's a look the video is like it looks like a standing room only almost just packed ballroom they play this huge like, hype video for all of, of, of Bobby Petrino's accomplishments at uh, Louisville the first time, at Arkansas, and then at Louisville the second time, which he was only at Louisville the second time because he wrecked his motorcycle with his mistress on the back, who oh also God. happened to be an athletic department employee that he'd hired. Uh, like, it, It's surreal. And then everybody stands up and applauds him. And then he says, I wanted to come back and say, I'm sorry. And then they all stand up and applaud him again. I don't and think it,
0: he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he flat out said I'm sorry. He said I'm sorry for the way it ended. Isn't that yeah. what he said? Well, yeah, which is not it, like yeah. directly apologizing. Did you notice that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that That's too. Like, but I mean, it, the whole scene is is so absurd because the guy ruined their pro. They are where they are today because because he was an idiot. Uh, you know. I, I mean. It went from one bad coach to the next bad coach to now they are in year two under Chad Morris and they're zero and two. And by the way, as bad as they are and as bad a start as this has been for the the new coach, how utterly disrespectful is it that this that the fans invite Bobby Petrino on like Monday game week uh, after an zero and two start? Under this guy that's trying to get it going, the new coach. Well, and this you has get, been scheduled Bo- for a while. I whatever, think, right? but yeah. you bring Bobby Petrino to town, you don't think that guy is feeling like hot, like. His collar get a little tighter. I mean, would Bobby Petrino like hey. shove that guy into oncoming traffic right now if he if they told him he could coach on Saturday? Yeah, he yes. would.
0: He totally would. Uh, yeah, he'd be like, hey, my, my ex girlfriend's coming over. My you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, my ex- which who, yeah. Another reason Bobby would do that is because he's a terrible person. I mean, <laughs> like that's that's that is the the overwhelming thing uh, of this today's segment is it's easy to blast this guy because he is a terrible person and no there is a whole section on his wikipedia page called a headline a header called public apologies right. <laughs> like he's got a whole <laughs> he's got an entire segment on his wikipedia page about him apologizing for horrible things that he's done so he was at louisville the first time and constantly flirted with other schools behind their back and famously auburn they had the plane gassed up or whatever it was and basically only because it got exposed i think did he not end up leaving when he told him like oh i'm staying uh and and of course they 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 won they went to their first bcs bowl game and so people were happy about that but what he does everywhere he leaves no matter what success he has while he's there, by the time he leaves, he leaves it in burned to the ground, and that happened. They they tanked as soon as he left. He goes to the NFL for the Falcons, and he, he leaves them in leaves season before, yeah. and leaves – doesn't speak to anyone. He leaves notes in the players' lockers. Then he goes to Arkansas, and, of course, they win big, and that's why there was a standing ovation today because they go to a Sugar Bowl, and then they go to a Cotton Bowl, and they have their third 11-win season ever – uh, and then he crashes his motorcycle with his mistress on the back, who's also an employee of the athletic department. Lies about it, gets his single season of rehab at Western Kentucky, my alma mater, and then gets an unbelievable second chance at U of L. You
0: know why he keeps getting second chances? Is because of win win over like win at all costs culture. That's why he keeps getting second chances. Oh, Western was like, hey, well, yeah. we'll buy low on this on this great on this this guy who would not be here otherwise, and then Louisville. That that culture that got him rehired is what ultimately caused like the whole
1: program to come down. Yeah, of course, that Tom a Jurich. Part of, of, of course, Tom Jurich took him back because that's all that mattered to Tom Jurich. We know now that he overlooked all kinds of things in all kinds of sports. Uh, I mean, just an unbelievable thing that he got another chance at U of L and managed to blow that. And despite coaching a Heisman winner, who by the way. He had three years of the most electric one of the most electric quarterbacks we've ever seen who just went bonkers in his season opener in the NFL yesterday, Lamar Jackson. Bobby Petrino had that dude and went eight and five nine and four eight and five yep he lost at least four games every year with like a video game player and <laughs> and despite all that, despite having a Heisman winner, still again by the end of it managed to run the program completely to the ground. All the stories start emerging again, just like they did the first time, but everybody forgave him, again, about how poorly he treated everyone, treated his staff, treated his players. Everybody hated that guy, and he completely broke that team to the point that they gave up at the end. Yep. You know, And you can tell now, looking at mostly the same players, there are different – different team they went two and ten They're, they probably they were not very good but they weren't a two and ten team they just all laid down because they were sick of it <laughs> they were fed up with bobby petrino but the guy caddied for his daughter in golf so he must have changed i mean if he caddies <laughs> he's got to find some some person in his family that needs a caddy down in arkansas and he'll be back on the sidelines for the hogs by the somebody, end of the weekend
0: somebody gets desperate and uh, and they'll give him another chance well it's just,
1: <laughs> it's disgusting like it is i have no trouble blasting bobby petrino because well, he's proven he has proven time and again that he is a bad dude and his little apology today was such so lame and shame. honestly truly shame on arkansas fans for hosting him for welcoming him and for giving the guy a standing ovation that that is disgusting like you're gross and you deserve to suck all season and next Woo. season and for a while so and they will dirt. i mean thing is they will arkansas is very bad
0: yep well, this has been a good inaugural episode of Tuck Ever Blasting. And uh, this has been a good episode of Locked On Kentucky. Uh, and we welcome you. We invite you to come back tomorrow. And also uh, tweet at us. Follow us. I'm at man on Twitter. He is at Kyle. It's, say your handle. I don't know what I'm my head. <laughs> I'm Ky- not good at that. <laughs>
1: at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H.
0: Right, right. And uh, also give us uh, some reviews. We haven't had any in a while. And also, uh yeah I think that's all I think that's all and we will uh we'll be back at you tomorrow with a whole new slew of topics Kyle you got anything you want to plug real quick before we go
1: no but I have a bunch of stuff coming this week and this weekend uh, a lot of we'll start having some basketball content and can't wait uh, I, I am gonna be at the football game Saturday so
0: righty all right guys uh we will see you tomorrow later.